This week, uh, Sarah and I, did I just hit that? Okay, <laughs> probably. I, I will do that multiple times. All right. Uh, this week, Sarah and I uh, made our annual pilgrimage, and we introduced our sons for the very first time. I didn't do that. That wasn't me. All right. <laughs> this is high tech stuff we've got going on right here. That is awesome. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we made our annual pilgrimage and we introduced our boys to that agricultural wonderland and culinary death trap known as the North Carolina State Fair. All right. Yeah. Sweet. World's largest dog. I saw it with my own eyes. Just kidding. All right. Here's the thing, okay, we, we like pumped ourselves up about this, about what a great family outing this is going to be, and we want to introduce our sons to the best that North Carolina has to offer. All lies, we just wanted to go for the food, all right? That was our whole purpose, and our theme of the day was just treat yourself, okay? That was our theme for the day. Community viewers, yes, okay. Um, or no, Parks and Rec, thank you, okay. So basically, that was our whole deal. We're like, we just want to go. I mean, we're going to get the giant corn on the cob. We're going to get one of those, like, turkey legs that looks like you should be on a pirate ship. Um, You know, just the best that we could get. Funnel cakes, all of it, right? So we go, and for a year, for 365 days, I have been anticipating something. Last year, I didn't have the courage to do it, and I actually talked about it right here last year. And, and this time I was like, I am doing that. And that is partaking in that glorious invention known as the Krispy Kreme cheeseburger. <laughs> right? Krispy Kreme cheeseburger. Word to the wise for my fellow fair goers, okay? At, at the beginning, when you first hear that Krispy Kreme cheeseburger, that sounds like a bad idea, right? But in reality... It's actually a terrible idea. (laughs) Don't do it. All right. Don't do it. Just trust me on that. Okay. Don't do it. Um, I'm regretting that to this day. Yesterday was pretty hazy for me. We went home Friday. I woke up this morning and it's Sunday. So I don't know what happened in between. So don't do it. Sometimes people give us these warnings and say, listen, don't do this. And we think, ah, you know, I'm going to try it anyway. And then we end up like completely regretting it, right? Because we have this, this instinct in us that if someone tells us not to do something, we want to try it for ourselves. But sometimes when someone lays that warning out for us, it really truly is for our own good. It's not to keep us from something that would be fun for us, but it's to, to, to lay out the parameters of what a good life for us will be. I lost like seven years of my life on Friday by that Krispy Kreme burger, okay? No doubt about it. Literally, I'm not kidding. I'm standing there eating it, and there was a family um, standing in the distance, and there were like three kids that were like hitting each other and pointing. They were like, look at that. That's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> Sad. But anyway, all right. So that, that's actually what, what the Ten Commandments is. A lot of times we see the Ten Commandments and, and we see that it's all this prohibitive, like do not do this, do not do this, do not do this. And we think that it's just this negative thing. But in fact, it's for our own good. What God is doing in the Ten Commandments, it's not just a list of rules. And as we said before, it's more than a moral code. Okay, it is God laying out the boundaries for us, drawing the boundary lines of what 
a good life is going to be and what it means to reflect him in this world, okay? So by these prohibitions, what he's laying out is that he is removing the obstacles for community. He's removing the obstacles to love so that we can experience life the way that it's meant to be experienced. And as we've said, it's not just a list of rules. It's not just a moral code. It's deeper than that. This is a covenant between a God and his people, a people that he is adopting and claiming as his own. I love that Jason had us repeat that refrain as like an anthem this morning. We are his portion and he is our prize. That, whether he realized that or not, captures what is at the heart of the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments is this king who makes this this covenant with his people. And he says, I will be your God. I will be your prize. And you are going to be my inheritance. You are my portion. You are the people that I claim as my own in this world. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's what it is. And at the heart of it, God, as we've said before, he takes this people that have been broken by centuries of slavery and forges the broken pieces back together again as this beautiful mosaic, an image of what his heart and mind looks like to be lived out in the world around us. And that's what this is. That's what this is. As we've walked through this, we've seen that if we will live by these and if we will embrace these, then what will happen is that we will experience a a unique kind of unity in this world. A unity with God, a harmony with God that we were designed for, and a unity with each other as well. As we remove these obstacles of love, we will experience this unity with each other. (coughs) Unity is this thing that when you see it, it is compelling. It is compelling and it grabs your attention. It's gripping and it's awe-inspiring when you actually see it lived out in the world. I came across an example of an awe-inspiring kind of unity this week uh, that I want to share with you. I think it will move you, okay? Check this out. All right, that's good. That was captured on our nursery cam at our house. It's our twin boys. I'm just kidding. No, hopefully one day. All right. I love that. That is just flat out hilarious. And this kid over on this side, he is getting it, man. All right. He's not just going through the motions. He's adding like a good little bit of flair. I need to see about 10 more seconds of that. Amber, let's see just a few more. A little bit of that. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite part. All right, great, sweet. Cool. That is great. I I was tempted to, like, get ready to do, yes, check them out. I was getting ready to try that, but I have a feeling I will throw something in my back if I do that. All right. No, but when we see unity lived out around us, it is this thing that, like, that grips us, not just uniformity, okay? God is not just into uniformity, but he revels in unity, okay? He hates division. He loves diversity, He doesn't want uniformity, but he does want unity in our lives, okay? And that's what the Ten Commandments lays out for us, how to live in harmony with God and how to live in harmony with each other. 
So we've been through all of the Ten Commandments, and you're probably thinking right now, listen, we finished like number 10 last week. What are we going to talk about today? Well, today, as we wrap it up and as we conclude this series together, we're going to look at what Jesus has to say about the Ten Commandments because everything, everything, we now view through the lens of Jesus. Okay, the Ten Commandments, as God reveals them to Moses, and as they're, they're called that Mosaic Law because God gives them to Moses, um, now is fulfilled and completed in the person of Jesus Christ. God reveals himself along the way to his people, but the full revelation of who he is is found in Jesus Christ. If we want to understand God, then we have to understand all of it through the lens of Jesus. So what does Jesus have to say about this? Actually, he, he does have something to say on the topic of the Ten Commandments. Um, Jesus is teaching, and he is approached by some people who actually are, are, are setting a trap for him. Okay, they're trying to test Jesus. And so it says in uh, Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse 34, it says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, who were one group of religious leaders, the Pharisees, another group of religious leaders, got together. One of them, an expert in the law, someone who knows the law of Moses, the Mosaic law, inside and out. Okay, someone who knows it and has spent his life studying it. An expert of the law tested Jesus with this question. Teacher. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? So why is this a test for Jesus? Okay, because what he's trying to get Jesus to do, this expert in the law, this person who knows how to maneuver and navigate through the law, um, wants Jesus to elevate one of the commandments above the rest. And then what they will do is they'll seize on the others and say, see, Jesus doesn't think these are a very big deal. And so there's all kind of like... This this it's a sensitive step for Jesus to make here. So what is Jesus going to say? But it says this verse 37, Jesus replied. And in this, we see once again, the genius of who Jesus is. He says, the most important command is love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments now what is this because because we've been through the ten commandments and neither one of these are are a part of the ten commandments what is jesus doing he's actually pulling from the heart of the law he goes outside of the ten commandments and he goes right to the heart of it so this first one that he lists when he says love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind. This comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. And it's, and it's, it's a confession of faith that actually becomes like, like the Jewish confession of faith. Okay, And this is like at the heart of what it means to be a, a Jewish believer in Yahweh. He's, he pulls it from this. He says, Hear, O Israel. The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. 
write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So here's what God is saying. These commands that I've laid out for you, this law, I want you to impress them on your children. And it's like, talk about them when you're, when you're walking, when you're sitting at home, when you're getting up, when you're lying down. All of your life, all of your life in every aspect of your life, let these be on the tip of your tongues. He even says, bind them to your arms and, and to your foreheads. And by the time of Jesus' day, religious leaders who were especially zealous in that day um, literally did this, okay? They had these little boxes called phylacteries, all right? And they would take these little tiny scrolls of paper that these commands would be written on and they would like literally tie the box to around their wrists and they would literally tie it around their forehead, okay? A little bit awkward, right? But this is what they would do. And so imagine, like, maybe someone in the crowd was standing there with this, like, emblazoned on his forehead as the person is asking it. And Jesus points past all the other commandments, and he points to the heart of all of the commandments. And he says, love God with everything you have. And the second command is like it, he says. And he pulls it from actually this obscure corner of the law, Leviticus chapter 9, verse 18. That's like the second half of a, of a statement there. And he says, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So why doesn't Jesus pick one of the Ten Commandments? Because in picking these two, he actually covers all of the Ten Commandments. The whole Ten Commandments can be narrowed down to these two statements. To love God with everything you have. And to love your neighbor in the same reckless and ridiculous kind of way. That is what is at the heart of God's law and what he wants for us and what he commands of us. So Jesus in his genius and brilliance like totally cuts through the guy's trap. And he lays out the heart of the law for us. And Jesus says, all of the law and all of the prophets, in other words, everything that has ever come from God's mouth to you can be summed up in this one thing. Love. Love. It all comes down to love. All comes down to love. All comes down to love. I want to break this down just a little bit further here as we talk about the idea of love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Okay, and so as we look at this, when when we talk about love God with all your heart, we're talking about your passions, the things that you love, the, the things that like drive you in your life. What are your passions? What are the things you love the most? Love God through that with all your mind. Okay, the mind is the source of your creativity. It's your intellect. It's your unique understanding of the world. It's your unique way of of comprehending and of interacting with the world. It's how you understand it all. Love God with all of your mind. Pour all of your creativity, your intellect, your understanding into loving God. Love him with all of your soul. Okay, that means like the essence of all that you are the absolute core of who you are as a person. Love God with that. And then we think about the idea of of strength. These are your abilities, but not just your abilities, but you putting those abilities into action. Love God with that. All of this together is a holistic view of who you are. 
of who you are. And as we watch these four, these four different places overlap, and as we see them overlap together, and, and we look at that kind of point of convergence in them, that overlapping point, okay? This is where God says, concentrate that on loving me. Concentrate that on loving me. What would happen? If that point of convergence where this all overlaps, where this all merges together, where your heart, the things you're most passionate about, the things that you love the most meets up with your mind and your creativity and your intellect and your understanding and meets up with your soul, the essence of who you are as a person and meets up with your strengths, your abilities, your action. What if that place where they all came together, where they all overlap, intersect and converge, what if that little part of you was channeled into loving God with everything that you are and directed towards loving your neighbor in the same crazy kind of way what would happen what would happen I tell you what would happen the earth would move all right the earth would move and this board of dreams over here would come to life okay that's what I love about this 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 represents that for many of you who put these up Yesterday, uh, last week, the reason, see that Krispy Kreme burger really has me messed up, okay? Uh, the, the reason that you chose to put what you put on this piece of paper out of everything else that you could put is because most likely that's where everything comes together for you. That is your deepest place of passion and your deepest place of creativity. That's the thing that stirs inside of you. That is the dream that you have for this church. As we talked about that together, about writing the future history of the church and these post-it note prophecies right here represent the stories that haven't happened yet, but the stories that God is going to write through us as a church. All of these represent that where this comes together for you. That's why you wrote that. That's why you were stirred to write it. Uh, our, our staff team, our leadership staff has, has been going over this together and Wednesday night when we got together, um, I took this board with us and, and took it into Justin's house. And, um, and we sat there and we read through every one of them. And we were absolutely loving what we were seeing. We were thrilled by what we were seeing and the dreams that you have for this church. I want to read you a few of, of kind of some of the ones that we pulled together here. Repeatedly, we saw on the board that you want to reach out to high school students and middle school students with the love of Jesus. And that is something that has been stirring in us as a leadership team as well. God is up to something right there on that point. You want to see our church be marked by authentic love and spiritual impact in Chapel Hill, on UNC's campus, and around the world. You want to bring physical healing to the sick. I love this one right here. You want to get Carborough hipsters talking about Jesus. Yes, I love that. All right. Um, several of you said this, that you want to see this church be an agent of reconciliation and healing for several different communities that right now find themselves on the margins and, and, and out on the margins um, and, and in several different ways that showed up. Um, you want to start small businesses. Multiple people wrote this, start small businesses to provide employment for the unemployed. Somebody in this room wants to start a bakery, and that's going to be amazing, and I can't wait till that happens, all right? Wants to start a bakery that will be like a transitional employment opportunity for people in our community who struggle with that and need that 
help and need that step. Um, Someone wrote this word for word. I love this. To be known far and wide for love and action. That's beautiful. Someone else wrote uh, to have the financial resources to accomplish the vision. Amen. All right. Pray for that one. Okay. Over and over again, we saw you write. You want to see this church grow and expand. Um, Someone said they want to see the DNA of Love Chapel Hill um, taken to Durham. That's beautiful. Um, I love these two. All right. This is a combination of two different ones that we saw. Uh, Someone said they want to fill the Dean Dome. And another person said they want to fill Keenan Stadium. I love it. When Keenan fills up, the Dean Dome is like the overflow situation, right? Yes, that is amazing. All right. Uh, to fill the Dean Dome in Keenan with people um, praising Jesus. I love it. Over and over again, we saw that you want to see this church be a home, be a safe haven, be a community, be a family for people who need it. A place of true salvation, somebody said. A healing place for victims of human trafficking. And I love this phrasing. And a leading force for abolition. Can we do that? Yes. Yes. All right. Um, someone else said every UNC freshman knows about the church at the varsity. I love that. All right. Um, special invite a friend Sunday so our friends can hear an invitation to embrace Jesus. Whoever wrote that, I love it. Bring your friend whenever you want to, and we will do that, all right? But we have a, we have a special Sunday coming up um, in November when we are going to do exactly that, okay? And then this is another one that repeated itself over and over. To lead the fight to end hunger, to lead the fight to end homelessness, and to lead the fight to end hopelessness in Chapel Hill. These are beautiful, beautiful dreams. These are beautiful dreams. And what would happen if we channeled our hearts, our minds, our souls, our strengths into loving God with everything that we have and everything that we are? Then this board would start to come to life. This mosaic of vision, these post-it note prophecies would become realities right before our eyes. So we brought these back out this week because you gave them to us last week and this week. We want to give them back. This week, we're giving them back. Now, don't come up and take yours because I'm keeping this. All right, I will fight you for this board right here, okay? It's going next to my whiteboard uh, in, my, in my nerd room, okay? But, but we are figuratively giving these back to you because here's the thing. God planted this dream in your heart and a burden and a stirring from the Holy Spirit is all the permission that you need to go and do it. To go and do it. So whoever said the Dean Dome and Kenyon thing, you probably ought to start inviting some people. All right? Because that might take a while. Okay? I love it. I love it. And, and this is what it looks like to love God with all that we are. With all that we are. We've got a long, long road ahead of us before we start to see a lot of these become reality we've got a long road ahead of us as robert frost said and miles to go until we sleep right or as the beastie boy said no sleep till brooklyn pick your poet whichever one you want there okay Um, we've got a long ways to go before this becomes reality but the thing is we're here to stay we're here to stay and we believe that god is going to bring these things to life on this board all right These are post-it note prophecies, stories that haven't been written yet, 
future history waiting to unfold. What does it look like to love God with everything and to love your neighbor as yourself? It looks like this. It looks like this. Pour yourself, pour yourself into those passions and into those dreams that God has sparked in you. He gave them to you. He, gave, he trusted you with them and he will cultivate them until they become a reality. There's a, there's a line from uh, a band called Sleeping at Last. It's this great, great line that says, uh, that has actually become for me over the past couple of weeks, the prayer about this board as I've been thinking about this. And it says, Oh God, let these good intentions be the outlines of so much more. Oh God, let these good intentions be the outlines of so much more. We promise you that this is not just going to collect dust. All right? And we want you to make the same promise as well. Pour your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength into the dream that God has placed in you for this church. And you will see it become a reality. And we'll celebrate it alongside of you. God, thank you for this series where we've been able to walk through the Ten Commandments, the foundation that so much rests on for us. We thank you for the way your son brilliantly sums them up and captures the heart of what you're talking about through these commandments. To love you with all we have, to love our neighbor in the same reckless kind of way. I pray that you would help us to be a community that sees that happen. That we would be bound together, that you would continually remove in our community and in this family the obstacles to love. And that we would be a compelling image of your heart and of your mind living, breathing, walking in this town and in this world. Help us to be that. Together, if you just look at us, we are a broken group of people. But I pray that you would continue to forge us together into a breathtaking mosaic of your heart and of your mind. And let the world see it and be drawn to you. See your name we pray. Amen.